0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory with great warranties, fabulous pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, and a fabulous service department with great technicians to back it all up for the life of the vehicle. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. The difference maker in last night's Lakers Warriors game, a young man from Reading. Draymond Green. <laughs> and a pass right to the Wiggins. Walker beats Thompson. Lownie Walker lays it in. Laker ball here. Two point game. Lakers trail. Lonnie Walker's been excellent in this fourth quarter. He stays, and Lonnie Walker keeps him rolling. He's got 11, all 11 coming in the fourth. To your point, Coach, got to stay ready. Lonnie Walker, guarded by Curry. Walker, pull up. Walker, it's another one.
1: It's the Lonnie Walker game.
0: Reading zone, Lonnie Walker went to Miami, and then I think it was the first-round pick of the San Antonio Spurs. Now he's with the Lakers. Have been lost deep on the bench. And when they needed him, it was a big reason why they won. Big reason we always win on Tuesdays is Tuesdays with Neil. Mr.
1: Kulani. Well, I only, only wish I could be Lonnie Walker. What a what a moment. Yeah. What a game. You all love that. Yeah. This, this is the thing. We don't talk about the NBA at all. But the thing you have to love about it, come May... There are always stories like this. There's always somebody. It doesn't have to be the the, the primary guy on whatever team, but there's somebody that's going to make a, 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 a string of plays, whether it's one game or in a series. That series, and it just makes for, for compelling drama throughout. I I, I love the NBA playoffs.
0: Oh, then that's that's the problem. The regular season, as Neil, the playoffs are so good. And the regular season is above a flat line in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't know how you do this, and I've tried. Believe me, I, I waste a lot of time thinking about stuff like this. But if you could make – this goes for the NHL as well. But if you could make a regular yeah. season have the the series feel, you know, do it somehow or other, however you determine, uh, you know, division champions and playoff seating and everything, if you could do it in such a way that – they see each other straight for a week, you know, multiple games in that span. It, it brings out so many more things because you, the, the matchups that you have to play become much more apparent, and with that, you, you see what each team is made of in comparison to another team, and then it becomes much more competitive, in my opinion. It didn't... It, Probably no different than you hear all the time, you know, and I've mentioned this around Golden State, but teammates get in fights and practice and stuff like that, sure it, the the level of competition goes up, you know familiarity breeds contempt i I think the the heat in the the drama that comes with that nightly competition against the same people and not just kind of let's you know fly around and go up against everybody all the time. That mentality, I, I don't think anyway, is really the way the game of basketball is meant to be played. I think there is far more strategy to it that doesn't become apparent because of the regular season format that they have. If they did things right. in series um, like baseball does, um, you know, you could make the argument kind of for the NFL, just in the fact that they play their division as often as they do, relatively speaking. If you could do that in the NBA, I think you'd get a lot more. Uh, You know A lot more impact from your regular season People would follow it more closely
0: It's interesting The NFL has the ability To dominate Any cycle, any time it wants We already know Who everybody's playing It's just the order with with which They play Thus the schedule release If it was not your job Would you watch
1: it uh, no, no, I'd, I'd wait to see the schedule. <laughs> yeah, fun. me too. I'm not going to watch it. I mean, it, it's, it's nothing to watch. I mean, the, the schedule comes out, and I, it, you know, it makes sense. It, it's they have the, the means, the motive, and the opportunity to do it. Why wouldn't they? Yep. You know, I, I get sure. That. Um, there are people who will watch it because they're going to be watching something else otherwise, or they have three screens in front of them, you know, a playoff hockey game, playoff basketball game, and a scheduled release show. Uh, There's some drama to it, but, yeah, at the end of the day, um, I I can speak with some authority on this. Fans care about how many primetime games they have and when they're playing their rivals, and maybe to an extent how many uh, consecutive road games they have. These are kind of, you know, benchmarks that betting odds tend to increase or decrease for their team, so they're they're looking for that. And from there, it's what we jokingly refer to as "I don't see another loss season." Everyone's going to be somewhere between twelve and four and ten and six. It's going to be a huge year for that team. Somebody is, is going to say they think they could go undefeated if you know, they stay healthy. You, you hear it all, and things tend to kind of you know finish not generally too far from where they were previously things are pretty static in the nfl and it, it, the, the league does i don't even know if it, it's the league doing a great job i think it just really leads people down the path they want to go you know i i think people it just kind of miss the excitement um if, if they're not big into the nhl or the nba this is a great opportunity to get you know some some of that nervous energy out before training camp starts you know before anything else goes down you're you're Still kind of pumped up after the draft. They'll make the bold prediction. My team's going to be 13 and four. Now I guess we have to put this the 17 games. I'm still getting used to that. It, right. it's, it's an opportunity to, to view your team versus your opponents in the freshest way that they haven't been able to do. We've known who they're going to play. It's just a matter of when and how many of these games are on prime time. That that's really what people are looking for.
0: And you're allowed a max of six prime times a year with a seventh possibility being flexed. The Cardinals will get one. We'll leave it at that. Uh, and, and then, it's just common sense. But to me, one of the keys that I look at when I do look at the scheduling, you're now allowed up to two Thursday games. Or I shouldn't say that. You're now allowed up to two short week games because I'm taking into account... The Black Friday game that's going to come up this year.
1: Yeah, when you have that, um, the, the joke I thought of immediately when you mentioned the Cardinals was if <laughs> they shouldn't even have that. But um, no. yeah, they they have to expand that even more now. So it's it, national exposure is not going to be a problem. Uh, the, the schedule increase, they're going to keep digging after more and more. And if the in my opinion anyway, the battleground is in the, the, the mid-November through the end of the year when college football yeah. is not uh, top to bottom playing regularly because that's always been sort of the, the, the agreement. The NFL doesn't want to go after Saturdays, but when they have the opportunity to play on Saturday, you could argue in a way that that is a short week game. So or at the very least, you know you're losing a day, and there are situations that come up um, and, and with the numbers involved. I, I've got to look at the process of how the schedule is put together I, I can't handle it. I don't know how they do that, but there are situations where it's unavoidable. You might have to play on a, on a Monday night and then come back and play Saturday the next week. That's a right. real short week. You know, They might not classify it as such because you're not going to play on a Thursday or now a Friday, but it is much shorter uh, than, than what you would normally have, and every team has to go through that. Um, it, it, it's a question of where your bye week is where you played the week four and where that uh, um, that Thursday game is going to be, uh, and now you litter in the other layer of other days coming up, and the schedule is going to be completely out of whack. I mean, it, it's it's just kind of we we've seen this coming. There's not going to be consistency. They're going to continue to push as much as they can um, with college football playoff expanding. They're going to dip deeper into to. You know, I don't know if you want to call them, you know, back to back or night and day uh, matchups for people. But there's a lot to be said about their ability to schedule their product around or kind of in sync with the college product, and I think um, that makes some sense in a lot of ways. You've already got the active audience that's there people kind of get a choice you have a party that can bleed from one game to the other if that's what you want to do it, it makes sense but at the same time it's like i'm telling you just from my perspective you uh, you get worn out <laughs> it's, nobody's nobody's you know gonna listen to me crying about my job but those those saturday sunday you know all day football binge fests um it makes you kind of hope that you know maybe they, they slow this down a little bit but uh not gonna happen anytime soon they're uh they're fully expanding and it's. I think it's good for the game in a way. I think the players are not going to like it as much, but I would just push that argument into expanding rosters, and um, you know, yeah, not to call them scrimmages. But we'll get to a point where we're going to start talking about load management. Um, we're going to start. Ta- we're going to start seeing star players um, missing games for one reason or another, just to prepare for other games that are coming up. And the NFL really doesn't like to talk about that kind of stuff. But I don't know how else you're going to do that with uh, with the ability, with their desire to um, continue to expand their schedule and put the games closer and closer together. There's no way you're going to be able to avoid it.
0: Well, it's interesting because the 2024 uh, college football playoff opening weekend would have one Friday night game and three on Saturday, uh, third week third weekend of December. There are NFL games that are supposed to be scheduled that day. Does the NFL have to keep the college game in mind, or do they just take the attitude of, so what, we've already got it, we're just going to take it?
1: That's kind of what I mean. It, it, it gets to a point where that, that hallowed ground is going to get more and more narrow. There's just not going to be as much time. And I'm not sure, in my opinion, I, I I'd like to hear... Uh, league officials from both the NCAA and the NFL comment on this. I don't know if it really affects them that much. I, I don't think right. there are people that are going to say ardently, I refuse to watch one, I will only watch the other. There, there's going to be preferences for sure, but I think, generally speaking, it, it's reasonable that you're drawing kind of from the same market. You know, right. it's not exactly the same. Uh, me, for example, I probably wouldn't watch – a, a whole lot of early uh, college playoff games. But if it's on up next to an NFL game, yeah, I'd probably tune into it. Uh, not, a, not a huge deal. I, I, I don't think that that's a huge uh, difference for me. Um, you wouldn't want to put them on at the same time, but I think it. You know, if you've got a college game on Friday, three on Saturday, I don't think the NFL would want to put a game there, but maybe you put one on Friday. You know, to go along with everything else, maybe Mm -hmm. you know the the Sunday is obviously your day anyway. If there's two college games on, maybe you could put an NFL game between them or something like that. I'm I'm sure they're discussing it. I'm sure they're working something out, but I I don't think it would be as contentious uh, of a situation. You know, I I don't know if they would really mind all that much Um, because there comes a point. There's only 24 hours in a day, and you can only play these games in what, like, 15ish hour. Window, right? They're going to bump right. up against each other at some point. And I, I think that's just inevitable. Both of them want to expand. I, I'm in favor of, of those things, generally speaking. Um, this is just going to be kind of some of the fleas that come with that dog. You're, you're going to have to um, you know, come in direct contact with one another. But I don't think it's as big a deal as it used to be. There are so many college games. And they play on so many different days of the week. People are used to it. Um, they, they don't compete in a, in a realistic sense unless they're going head-to-head on two different networks, and that's really where the problem would come in. But I, I, it, it's avoidable. I think they could work their way around that.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I think they can work away way, because I think it's good for both games, and it's good for the NFL because, let's face it, college does a great job of cultivating stars before they get into the league. Bryce Young is already a known entity before he even takes a snap.
1: Yeah, you put it this way too. Cross promotion dream. You have Alabama on at 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 one p.m. Eastern, uh, followed by Carolina at Houston or something like that. You know, it's just for this is obviously a very simple scenario. But Alabama versus Ohio State at one, and then uh, Carolina versus Houston at at four thirty. That that's there's a natural tie between those things. You get some symmetry in there. You can. Uh, one network probably isn't going to promote the other, but there's, you know, I, I think people would like that connection. It kind of draws them uh, closer together. We all know that the depth of the connection between the two that's been unavoidable for for a century. they are not ever going to get past that, and they shouldn't. But right. it, it's it's marketable. You know, there's something to be said. Um, for me, I, I always like. Every year you'll you'll hear it. Somebody lost a bet. You know, one guy's alma mater beat the other guy's alma mater. He shows up right. at, at the the media scrum wearing the jersey. That kind of thing. It's always good to see. And generally speaking, the pro players are, uh, unless they're being paid after their their pro careers are over, the, the, the pro players overall, the large majority of them are definitely loyal to their colleges. And not so much the pro team. But the the college Right, the exactly. Yes. You never let go yep. you know of that. And you you'd like to see that sort of passion. That's kind of fun. So it's uh, you know, it would be fun after a big win. Yeah, I gotta go guys, I gotta I gotta see, you know, is Penn State's playing, I gotta I gotta go check this out. I wanna be able to catch the second half. That kind of thing. It it, it, it humanizes a lot of things. I think it's fun, it makes for good content.
0: Does uh, sequencing of games mean anything to you? Like Who's back to back? How far apart teams are? Does that mean anything to? You?
1: It, it's funny you say that. I was just having a conversation with somebody about this. Um, it, it does logically, the X factor at least in the team that, that I watch the most. Um, as Mike Tomlin would say, we do not care, and that's really kind of the way it goes for his teams in the second half of seasons. Doesn't matter if it's the most unrealistic schedule. You get three road games in a row, that sort of thing. Uh, They're playing their best football down the stretch, so it's like he defies those odds. But typically speaking, within a 17-game schedule, a lot of control variables in place, divisions are very geographically aligned, and that's the, the teams you're playing the most often. If you have a run of one thing, you're going to have that same run at some point on the other side. Yeah. Of so if you have right. three road games at one point, you're probably going to have uh, you know, three or four at home, that sort of thing. It'll balance itself out eventually. You'll have equal opportunities for those things. Um, that said, I think uh, there's a competitive disadvantage if you're playing... A a short week game following a team that's playing on a bye, or if you've got the, the, this is the the better's delight, the team that played uh, Monday night before their, or the team that played Sunday, then a bye, then a Monday night game, you have that much time in between. Things can happen with that. Those are fluky, though, more than anything. If you look at the logistics of what goes into scheduling, because it's not like the NFL stadium. The only thing they ever do is is these games. There's all kinds of stuff right. that every stadium oh, is yeah. running. To have to coordinate all of that with every other stadium in the league, it, it's a Herculean task. and I, it, It's one that, like I said earlier, it, it drives me nuts just looking at it. I don't know how they do that. Um, they do a, a good job of balancing it. And usually, the right. question that comes up the most with the Steelers is why the Steelers have played their their Week One game on the road for the last thirty years or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, to me, at, at this point now, it's it's clear and obvious the Steelers are more or less steering that because the flip side yes, of it is they're asking they tend for to it. play their yeah, they, and they tend to play their the last game of their season at home. <laughs> I think it's right. kind of a, exactly. a trade off they sort of like, you know. And if you think about it, that makes sense if if you want to play road game week one makes the most sense for you because you aren't traveling from anywhere else the week before so it's a guaranteed situation that one of your home games does not follow another or one of your road games does not follow another road game so you eliminate that right away and again you you kick it down the line more than likely your your now week 18 game is going to be at home and that, that tends to be uh, what has happened for them I don't have it in front of me but I'm pretty sure most of those uh, years in which they they start off on the road, They've, their last game has been at home. So um, there, there's a strategic advantage to that, but it, obviously it's something to do. They, and they won't speak on this publicly. But it's something to do with the Pirates, how they, you know, Major League Baseball is scheduling their uh, setup. And at, at the same time, too, you remember when was that? Back in after the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they had to start their season on the road because the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, and Raven right. share parking space, and the Orioles and Major League Baseball wouldn't move their day game uh, I it, it, away from the uh, it, typically the home opener is, is going to the, the Super Bowl champion. Um, they weren't right. able to do that. I think the Steelers are more or less looking at that and saying, "Look, you know what? Let's just you know make this work." Because I mean, come on, Pirates probably aren't going to be in a playoff race most <laughs> most September's anyway. But let's not even enter. Uh, the, the, the situation if this happens to come up we know that this will be the situation um, it, it a lot of, there's a lot that comes into it I really think it's just kind of a give and take thing um, it's odd when you have three road games in a row it's extremely beneficial to have three home games in a row I know that you might remember Ben Roethlisberger's um mm-hmm what he threw like 21 touchdown passes in three games or whatever it was and those were on three consecutive home games you know you get more comfortable when you're staying in the same place all the time you're not going anywhere um teams don't tend to get that big of an advantage but sometimes it comes up that that's sort of the thing i look for and that does make a difference but those are not common at all and everybody generally faces roughly the same travel constraints um, as everybody else, you know, sometimes the East plays the West, and that that's just you know kind of the the, the cross you have to bear that year. And we'll we'll see the the miles traveled for everybody. Uh, those graphics tend to pop up around now. It's always kind of fun to see. And every, I think it's like four, five, or six years the Steelers will have the most. It depends on when uh, their AFC slash NFC West road games line up with uh, certain places that they'll have to travel the the, the farthest, but. That that's life in the NFL. You know, it's not going to be completely fair, but it's as balanced as it's going to be.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate you.
1: Definitely. Yeah, Thanks for having me.
0: Neil Kulong. Scott Fransky, next half hour. But before we get to Scott, I'm sure somebody else has a complaint. We'll hear that complaint in a moment. Here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. factory Train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane six thirty to six Monday through Friday, Saturday six thirty till two. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai North Fourth Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia Routes eleven and fifteen in Hummel's Wharf. We take the <clears throat> out of auto repair. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sports Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online. SunburyMotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai. Best in new inventory with great warranties pre-owned inventory. Maybe that's what fits your budget. If that is the case, well, Sunbury Motors goes over each vehicle with a fine-tooth comb with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a great service department that backs it all up with great technicians. Somebody Mo- Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. I know I've been talking about serious subjects today even nostalgic but I don't want to cut off the rant time and I feel like I have so please continue
3: (laughs) oh you never cut off my rant time I'm always appreciative of the time I get to rant because as I said before it's
0: very cathartic for me well I'm glad it's cathartic what do you need to be cathartic
3: now I think I'm good for the rest of today. I mean, we'll see what happens tonight with the Sixers game. I'm sure there'll be things to to rant about tomorrow. But in terms of right now, I got off what I had to say about the NBA being a disgrace when it comes to Jokic and not finding Matt Ishiba, the Suns owner. And we'll see if Doc comes to
0: fruition with his rotations tonight. But Matt Ishbia needs the extra cash to pay Mel Tucker's salary at Michigan State. No, señor! No, señor! No, señor! Hey, you don't really think Michigan State's paying him $95 million over 10 years, do you? Of course not. No. No. Of course. That's right. Well, the gambling story to me is the big story. uh, And every athletic department in the country and every athletic director right now, and every football coach, basketball coach, and, of course, this extends to wrestling and others, but there isn't a single coach right now that doesn't feel for Kirk Ferris. There isn't a single coach right now that doesn't feel for Fran McCaffrey, and there isn't a single athletic director that doesn't feel for Gary Barter right now because you cannot be around your student-athletes 24-7. You just can't. And no matter what, you, I mean, they they bring in speakers. They talk to them about this all the time. Uh, I mean, you name it. You keep trying to do everything you can to head off trouble. But you're also talking about 18- to 23-year-olds, and there's more um, sports gambling than ever because it is now legal in 33 states plus the District of Columbia. Now, this is not a case of saying, hey, this is great, you know, uh, We get to run down to the casino and make a bet at Sportsbook. That's not what's going on here. Okay? Um, That's why I've had people say, oh, well, they're going to put a casino in and stay college. I mean, what what could possibly go wrong? People are not making bets at – I mean, people make bets at casinos and Sportsbook, but the vast majority of people are making these bets are doing them online. I you can do that from anywhere you can do that from your home you can do that from the hotel you can do that from uh from your apartment whatever it may be and when we talk about the um what happened with the NFL with the five players right, where did the two Detroit Lions what are they accused of not betting on the NFL they're accused of making the bets in the Allen Park facility, which is the home of the Detroit Lions. Well, they didn't go to the sports book, did they? Right? They didn't go to the sports book. And And you just cannot be around them all the time. You cannot monitor them all the time. Now, there's certain ways that you can monitor certain activity. For example, James Franklin will put staff members in the hallways of the classes they are supposed to be in, and they are checking off attendance. And I've witnessed this over and over and over again, especially in the past year. To at least ride herd on that, okay? Attendance for class at Penn, for Penn State football players is not optional if the professor says friday's class is optional oh well, so let's take friday in the spring okay friday's class is optional is it optional for a penn state football player since he was given the option of not being there the answer is no okay optional for everybody still means mandatory for you those are the rules by which they play by so and they they monitor that but you can't monitor all this other personal behavior. You can't, and that—I mean—every athletic department in the country is scared about having something like this happen on their campus. And again, they—you can—if um, they want to go to the racetrack and bet on horses, they can. That's legal because horse racing is not an NCAA sport. But if you are a track and field member, and you bet on an NFL game, you can't do that because the NCAA sponsors football. If you want to bet on uh, an Olympic basketball game, can't do it. Because guess what? The NCAA sponsors basketball. Even though it's not your sport, and even though it's not college, if it's amateur, professional, or college, you can't do it in the NCAA. I mean, it's just lay It's very... It's a very hard and fast rule so we'll see how this is handled alright we'll take a break, Scott Fransky in a moment, to we'll talk about your beloved Phils uh, you're getting Aaron Judge back tonight, huh?
3: yes sir about time
0: hmm can't believe he was on the IL I never would have thought that that it would possibly happen to him alright well, I'll tell you right now, based on his injuries, he hasn't been doing any all-rise lately. He's just been barely able to stand up. <laughs> uh. How many home runs behind is he now?
3: Oh, I don't well, know. I'd probably have to take a look, but I'm sure it's a, he's... It's the middle, middle yeah. of May.
0: He's got six. That's kind of a low number don't you think? A little bit. Yeah, he's, he definitely has yeah. some catching up to do. Catching up to do. I don't. If, let's see if he can even swing the bat tonight. All right, all right. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. All right, great to have you back. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Almost Wharf Online, SunburyMotors.com. The brilliant uh, Scott Fransky now joins us. Scott, welcome back. Great to have you with us.
2: Hey, good to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, Scott, let's start with this. How remarkable has it been just to see Bryce Harper back in the lineup and maybe doing a couple things he's done so far?
2: Yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, when you consider everything that not only he's gone through, but uh, how he got to this point, uh, you know, no rehab, no spring training. uh, I mean, just really remarkable. It just goes to show you what a great hitter he is that he can – uh, get to this point to face big league pitching live in a game that matters um, and and perform. Uh, he's just a tremendous athlete. He's unbelievable.
0: Well, you know what? To me, he defines what a star is because he's all about making sure he's there to get out in front of people and play. He, he thinks about the person in the upper deck that it's the only game they might go to all season. If he's not out there, he feels like he's let them down. Is that that how you see him?
2: Oh, I think he definitely feels um, a responsibility to try to be there every day, not only for the fans, but also for his teammates and for the organization. I mean, obviously the, the club has invested a lot of time and money into him, and uh, he feels like it's jo- his job to sort of pay that back in a way, you know, and part of that is, again, trying to be there as many days as possible throughout the year, you know, as, as many as physically possible. and um uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that's part of what, uh, what he's doing right now.
0: Scary part has always been with this team, the bullpen, and when it's worked, it's worked, and when it hasn't, it hasn't. What are you seeing with the makeup of this bullpen now, and can Strom help that situation by the move back to the bullpen?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the first question there, the makeup of it. I mean, I think it's still made up of a lot of really good pieces. Um and yes, they've individually had ups and downs. Um you know, a guy like Sir Anthony Dominguez has tremendous ability and when he's on, he's on. Um he he got off to a really slow start. And, you know, like any reliever, you're gonna have bumps along the way. So, uh every time there's a little bit of a bump you wonder, Oh, is he going back to where he, you know, started? But um I do think I think the biggest thing that helps the bullpen is the starters being better. It's not necessarily Strom yeah. joining their ranks, but I mean he's he'll be a valuable weapon for them. But I think more than anything it's the starters, um you know, if the starters are performing well and if the offense is doing reasonably well to put you in situations where, you know, you're not scrambling to cover down innings, if you will, right? If you're, <clears throat> if you're behind by five every night, you don't want to use Alvarado and Dominguez and Kimbrel. Well, that puts a lot of strain on the other guys. Um, and then you also run the risk that if you're down five every night, the Kimbrels and Alvarados could get rusty. Right, So, I mean, there's always that delicate balance of how you use your bullpen. But I think the starting pitching, being consistent, and getting consistently deep into the games and keeping you in games uh, is the best medicine for a bullpen.
0: Well, Noah and uh, Manoa are two guys that have been in the past been the kind of guys that could go deeper into games. What have you seen out of Nola to this point?
2: Interesting stuff. I mean, you know, his velocity is down. Um yes. and it's down, you know, yeah, I mean it's down significantly, I'd say. Um everybody internally kind of continues to say they're not worried about Nola because he because he knows how to pitch. Um but if he's going to pitch at that velocity, I'm not saying he can't. Um because I think that he can, but he's going to have to be sharper with his command and um you know, he won't He won't get by on just stuff. Um, he's going to have to, you know, be creative a little bit. And, you know, again, um, Noel is a smart guy. He's a competitor. Um, he knows how to get out. Um, he's done this for years without, you know, you go into a particular game and change-up's not working for him. Uh, he'll go to something else. Curveball's not working for him. Maybe those a few more change-ups. Uh, he knows how to adapt on the fly, and he knows how to change his game plan on the fly if things aren't working or if the hitters are telling him something different. So, um, I mean, I'd like to see a little more velocity out of him. That's just me personally. Uh, I think he'd be better there. But I think, number one, he's got to, with his stuff, he's got to be down in the zone. He's not a four-seam, up-in-the-zone kind of guy. He's not Zach Wheeler. And he shouldn't try to be Zach Wheeler. He needs to be Aaron Noah.
0: Thirty-five games into this, to this point, there's a difference between speed and pace. What do you think of the pace of the games as you watch it now?
2: Um, yeah, it's good. It's um, you know, I mean, uh, the pace of it's great. I, I don't have any problems with it. I, I wish, I wish it wasn't driven by you know the clock and the the the, the violations and things like that because. I've said this to a few people here early in the season, and and I really mean it. I really worry about it from a long-term standpoint. And as we get deeper into the season, we're going to see more moments like this. But that moment where a player hits a big home run in a big spot and a crowd wants to cheer them, uh, as a sport, as an industry, we have to let that happen. Um, Because that's why fans come, right? That's why they come to games they don't want to be in that moment they don't want that's the last time they want to be rushed off right, um, right. Th- those are the moments they want to stay there longer <laughs> um, right. so I, I worry about some of that you know organic stuff that happens during a game um, b- being lost uh, because of the clock um, yes the pace is crisper There's, there's I feel like there's more stuff going on um, I do think they could probably add a few seconds to the clock, but my bigger concern is that we just we lose out on some of those other moments that yeah. that make the sport so great.
0: Yeah, to me, it's it's a feel for the game, and if you're running the show, and I'm talking about Major League Baseball, I, I think it's not a good look when the Phillies have to request that Bryce Harper get time before his first at-bat at home. Now, to their credit, they granted it. But Cody Bellinger with the Cubs goes into Los Angeles, and he got called for a strike when the fans gave him a standing ovation. I think you have to have a feel for it, Scott. That's how I look at it.
2: Yeah, I can't – I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I think you're absolutely right. They have to have a feel for it. The trouble becomes when you create situations for particular players, right, the Phillies yes. talked about getting a little extra time so Bryce could put the elbow guard on, and they were pretty adamant right. about saying we're not going to make individual rules for individual players. And I agree with that. They can't. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think you also have to take into consideration the safety issue. I mean, if there's a if there's an equipment malfunction for a catcher, shin guard comes loose, you know, uh, chest protector doesn't work right, pitch doesn't work right, the umpire is within his right to stop the clock and, and let that be taken care of, because that's a safety issue. Well, this is the same thing. The elbow mm-hmm. guard for Harper, it's the same thing. Um, the the Every... slippery slope becomes, if you leave it in the hands of an umpire, right, uh, hypothetically speaking, uh, third inning of a game, uh, and something happens, and the crowd's reacting, and they want you know extra time, the umpire grants it right and that gives the pitcher extra time to get ready to throw his next pitch well then later in the game the other team wants the same courtesy and they don't get it um then you're in that slippery slope like well why don't we get it they got it right now when you when you when you talk about feel and you don't have a hard and fast rule so um i i hate that the game got to this point where they they felt like they needed the clock um I don't know. Maybe in a few years we'll all just embrace it, and it, it'll be fine. And I mean, I talked to a lot of people up here in the press level; they love it. So, and you know, it ain't going away. <laughs> the well, well one thing, the one thing—the
0: one thing I've heard about the clock, though, Scott, is that I think the pitchers would like it to be twenty no matter what, and yeah. not and not fifteen when there's nobody on base. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts your thoughts on that, and are, do you have any concerns about arms because they are pitching at a greater pace?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that's an issue that's going to start to gain more steam. I remember reading an article about that last week, and there's a lot of pitchers starting to speak out about that and starting to worry about the, the rate of injury and things like that. And Those are things that we may not know the full context right. of until the end of a full season. Yeah, exactly. But I, I will say this, that I think a lot of pitchers feel like not only would five more seconds help? But it might even be better if if they got full timeouts. You know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily yeah. every pitch needs more time. It's that when the critical pitch is about to happen, they get more time. Right. Yeah. The hitter can take a timeout. Why can't the pitcher? Right. Right. Um, so I think that's what a lot. You know, like Zach Wheeler doesn't generally need a lot of time between pitches. But that's right. When the game's on the line. When he's got to make a big pitch, he'd like to have a few extra seconds to think about it and to make the right pitch. So I do think that that, that timeout idea is one that probably would, is not going to go away. I think that will still be a suggestion that people, you know, go back to here throughout the season.
0: Thanks so much for your time. I know you've got a lot to do for tonight. You'll be great as always, but we appreciate it.
2: Hey, man, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you again soon.
0: Scott Fransky. You know what's interesting in talking to him—that to me made a big difference in the conversation.
3: I'm going to say no complaining. He didn't rant about anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he's Scott Fransky. He never complains. Well, I was going to ask him whether they should bring Dollar Dog Night back. <laughs> <laughs> We have, you have another man in the Phillies booth during home games that worry, that does all the complaining, so I think we get our share of that.
0: Oh, thank goodness we have Dave Ritchie on Friday nights, the positive beacon of light.
3: <laughs>
0: exactly. Back tomorrow, guys.